Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Frog Jump Podcast. My name is Ramius, and for this episode, Connor and I are joined by none other than Coach Justin Beachy of Messiah University. Let's get after it. Welcome, <laughs> Coach Beachy. We're happy to have you. But to kind of just jump into it and stuff, let's talk about the season. I mean, pretty breakout year for you guys. I mean, how did that? How did that feel? Like, I mean, talk about the season a bit. Let's hear it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> You know, coming into the year, we didn't even know if we were going to get to play volleyball at all this spring. And so lots of uh, lots of questioning, even this fall, as to whether or not we were going to get to play matches. And so we just really took the opportunity to, to be grateful with every match that we got to play and every practice that we got to be a part of. So um, I think having that mindset just allowed us to, to be really, you know, we were a close-knit group of guys this year. And um, a bunch of guys took a, took big steps forward this year as far as their play on the court and that kind of stuff too. And so we had a lot of success and yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird. Cause like I, we actually just talked about this uh, last, in our last podcast, because I had uh, Rob from Misericordia, you know, Rob, obviously you're both Mac coaches. And then we had uh, coach JW from Carthage. Yeah. And... I saw the trophy. So <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I, I had a little fun with that today. Uh, <laughs> sorry, coach JW, none of the love, but uh, uh, so I guess my question is like, they had, they went through some struggles like, or not some struggles. They had some challenges too, when they were uh, training during this COVID period. Right. Cause obviously like nobody knew what was going to happen. You just touched on that yourself. And mm-hmm. I mean, me, I started frog jump in the middle of all this and I was kind of tracking this. And then all I'm sitting here being like, is there going to be a season? What's going to happen? Then all of a sudden we had like regions popping up and everything where it's like, oh, the Midwest started playing way before earlier, but then all of a sudden the match started playing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you guys had probably one of the longest seasons of any of the East coast conference, the longest season of the East coast conferences. Right. So yeah. uh, what were some challenges you had within, what were some challenges you had training during COVID? Well, so in the fall, it was even tougher. So we started, I think like most teams did, you, you started with pods and um, our first, so our first two weeks of practice, which was, I think we had four practices in those two weeks. Um, we had no shared equipment. And so literally really? every guy had their own ball. So we were ser- serving and then chasing and then grabbing that ball and then serving it and just over and over again for four practices um and so okay it was wow. it was not easy um but it's one of those things where like you know the, at that point we were just happy to be in the gym so we were mm-hmm. gonna try to take advantage of it and get some work in but also we weren't gonna you know we weren't gonna do anything too crazy with that so that was definitely a challenge but then uh, for us like our our athletic training staff kind of set up a phasing so we had two weeks of that and then two mm-hmm. weeks of we were still in our pods, but they were at least able to share balls and that kind of stuff. And then after those two weeks, we got back into full practices. So, um, so the, those first four weeks were not easy. You know, we had to be pretty creative with how we were practice planning and that kind of stuff. Uh, but then once we got into it, it, it was a little bit easier. And then the spring, um, but again, like for, for the fall, like at least we were practicing. There are a lot of schools, even within the Mac that didn't get to practice in the fall at all. So really, really. Yeah. So you know what schools those were? I don't think Arcadia practiced at all. Wow. Um, wow. That's crazy. I don't, uh, there were a couple more, I think. And so mm-hmm. again, we were just grateful for the opportunity to be in the gym at all. So yeah, 
Um, Very interesting was, to see how all the schools like handle COVID differently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really came down to, you know, for us, like I had no say in what we were doing. It was like <laughs> our head athletic trainer was meeting with our AD who was meeting with our president. Like it was just decisions that were way above my pay grade, obviously, but um luckily like i'm glad that i didn't have to make any decisions i was just following the rules so. <laughs> um, i mean you had to make i mean you had to keep the guys interested right because yeah. i mean from everything because connor was a student athlete up until literally yesterday or something i don't know you graduated like a week ago connor congratulations yes. but now you're an adult thank you congratulations. <laughs> but, uh, an alumni <laughs> old pulse baby let's go but uh so I mean, from all the struggles that Connor told me about uh, from what JW was talking about, what Rob was talking about, and uh, I talk to coaches all the time, it just seems like it's so difficult, right? Because uh, to train volleyball when you can't do sixes. And now you're telling me that each guy had their own ball. They weren't allowed to interact with anybody else. I'm sitting here and be like, what do you do that's not serving? Like, that's literally all you can. And you know what? credit to you guys because you guys had some good service this year and like me and Connor <laughs> were talking about this during the tournament uh like one of the things that kind of like stood you got that kind of gave you the edge against Fompon was literally the service pressure because all of a sudden you got because you had uh Parzizic could rip I want to say Parzizic could rip Matt Knapp could rip uh Mason Nisley can obviously rip and now all of a sudden like and that kind of like gave you the edge in that matchup going into five and we're sitting there being like it's gonna be a service line yeah and because both teams were just hitting 400 at a certain point in that match like obviously but how did you keep the guys interested like how do you do yeah well that's that's a really good question um the one other (laughs) thing we did so we we the other thing we did we we have boxes in our gym and we put some guys up on boxes and did some like self-toss stuff but really it was like you know you can toss your own ball and hit it and that's about it um (laughs) but again at that point it was just they were in the gym with each other and Mm -hmm. that was as fun as you know instead of being in the dorm by themselves like at least they were getting to see their teammates and that kind of stuff so it was less about volleyball at that point and more just about relationship building I think and that's why we were able to to keep them interested and engaged in that kind of stuff so um, credit to our guys who had great attitudes throughout the fall even when you know things were really up in the air and the other thing too is we had three of our starters were not on campus in the fall so really yeah so mason nisley um and matt matt nab and ian parzizic all took the fall semester off okay so that's a very different team dynamic obviously actually, as well actually i remember this conversation because i actually reached out i forgot i forgot i emailed you this because i remember emailing you earlier in the year asking hey i noticed mason nisley wasn't on the roster <laughs> yeah i just wanted to know if he was playing this year because i was sick because i actually wrote about mason nisley in the uh in my landscape series last summer yeah uh, talking about how like he was a player that was kind of be on the rise and everything and i didn't think he was going to be like this <laughs> this meteoric that's, but, you that's know, a good prediction by you <laughs> well i mean I, I had other people that were like giving me some clues on who to watch for but i mean i did pull the trigger and write about it. So thank you for the the kudos there. But yeah, like, wow, I completely, I didn't know Matt Nab and Ian weren't there either. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a lot of, a lot of different leadership and a lot of, you know, the, the team dynamic was just very different in the fall, but again, it comes back to just, we have a great group of guys who have really good attitudes. And so they were able to have a bunch of fun, even when we were doing the most basic of stuff, which is what we were doing at the beginning there. So. I mean, 
it worked out. It worked out. Kind of talking about that, you know, I mean, you guys had such a, such a successful season this year. And I mean, not saying you didn't have a successful season the year before, but I mean, like it seemed like you took like a huge step and stuff. Like what was the big like factor going into this season that really motivated you guys to like, you know, take that next step, the next level? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people miss out on our 2020 season um, because it got cut short, but we were playing some pretty good volleyball that year too. And we yeah. just didn't, didn't get seen by the bigger names because we didn't have any postseason or anything. And at that point, nobody knew who we were. So um, not to cut you off there. I was no. just going to say, cause like, I remember, cause when I was doing the landscape series, I remember you guys were four and one. I want to say you were four and one and you were actually tied. At the I and mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were actually tied at the top of the MAC last year yep. at one point, right? Yeah. I think that's. What, I mean, I could like. I mean, we have the technology. I could pull this up right now, but, um, but yeah, I think you were four and one, and I want to say that you be sorry. I'm like trying to jog my own memory here. I want to say right. you lost to like SVU in five, which is kind of notable because SVU was really good last. I, yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like SVU was one of my favorite teams to watch last year. Like Cougar Clark was awesome Noel was awesome yeah. had the whole team except like and you guys went to five with that team and I'm sitting here being like I mean that's that's kind of notable in my opinion like going to five with that that SVU team yeah so into four, final four this year you know right so we we beat LBC with Nate back oh yeah <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> we beat Arcadia yeah and then we lost to SVU in Clark's first match back that year <laughs> uh, so like you know we had no film on him throughout that yeah. year and he comes back and he hit like 400 against us or something he was a monster uh, I mean, he does that to most people so i'm not like ashamed of that but mm -hmm. um but yeah we had some really good wins and we had some some good losses too we ended up getting smacked by stevenson in our like last game of the season mm -hmm. um but like we had a really good year and we had some some good players and you know we were starting three freshmen mm -hmm. um, and Mason and Nate and obviously Luke who got hurt in our first match of this past season and didn't play the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, we had Caleb Weaver, who was a, an all region libero mm -hmm. um, who probably, probably should have been good. an all American, but again, we just didn't get the notice, the recognition. Uh, it, so. Especially last year, last year was really hard to be. And not even like taking COVID into account, right? Because like last year was, and I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm agreeing with your point. Caleb Weaver, yeah. what like Harvey was a big Caleb Weaver fan. I'll be yeah. honest, and like I I also was a big Caleb Weaver fan. I think he was the MAC Defense Player of the Year last year. Yep. Yep. Okay. And uh, I'll be honest, like a lot of liberos were very deserving of All American last year, <laughs> and I was actually actively shocked three liberos made All American. Yeah. Because it's so hard as a libero to even get on the all-american list and like last year we had three and then this year the one who did not get it last year uh peter Klemsick out of uh and not obviously like caleb was very deserving last year as well yeah but like peter Klemsick made first team this year and so it was just last year was a really deep year for liberos it was just all i'm saying it, like in yeah. big circle i came back this year and everything and i'm like Okay. Right. And, right. Uh, keep going with your point. Sorry, I didn't mean. Yeah, no. So yes, Caleb, we were very good, very so good ball player. Caleb was great. We had a good group of young guys, and obviously Matt was setting for the first time last year. He hit outside for his first two years, and so we were <laughs> really, <laughs> really? <laughs> a Wait, how'd that really? transition go. Being an outside myself, and then 
I mean, you know, I always set for fun in the gym, but like actually doing it, I'm, I'm curious to see like hear about like how this like transition went. Well, so we, we recruited Matt out of high school and he was, he played at a small Christian school Mm -hmm. um, and did everything for his high school. So he would set some, he played middle, some he played outside. And so we just, we knew he was a freak athlete, um, but we recruited him to be a setter. And then he came in and we had four setters on our roster our first year and um, not a lot of depth at the pins. And so Mm -hmm. we just said like, Hey, we probably need you to hit. And so he, he was, you know, he's one of those guys who's going to do whatever the team needs. And so he hit for us and was really good at that for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, once we got Mason in here, we, we knew we could move Matt back to the setter position and mm-hmm. it, it took some, some getting used to. And I still think like he needs some more reps at the position to be as good as he can be. Like his location is, is off and on at times, but you know, like if you've seen him Wait, play, he's a free I'm athlete. Just, so I'm just, I'm just very confused because I'm beyond certain he was a first team All American this year. <laughs> but okay, that's fine. You know, you're, you're shooting for Player of the Year. I get it. That's I get right. It. That's I get right. it. I get it. You already got they you got the one this year. So you may as well just repeat. I, I suppose. <laughs> oh, he can be better. He can. Well, okay. He could. He could be better, and he knows that too. So it's, uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm saying anything. Nobody knows. That. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I'll be the, I'll, I'm the guy that I'm the guy with the website. I'll say no, but he, he, he was really good. I mean, obviously it was really good for us last year, but then took a big step forward this year too, I think. Um, but back to my original point. So last year we were playing some really good volleyball um, and we're just kind of flying under the radar, which is fine. We, we didn't have any problem with that, but I think when people look at, you know, from 2019 to 2021, it was a huge step forward for our program. But I think a lot of people miss the pretty big step step forward that we took last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And our senior class last year was really influential in our, in setting the culture to what we wanted it to be and that kind of stuff too. Um, And so I don't think they get nearly the amount of credit that they deserve um, in in what we, what we did last year too. So. I mean, we can definitely give them the credit now because I mean, and I'll be honest, because like, and I'll, I'll put egg on my face and your, your team can yell at the frog jump guy because I know (laughs) when I did the, uh, when I did my landscape series, last summer yeah wow that was a year ago my god that's crazy so when i did the landscape series last summer i don't know if you read it or not but i know i definitely listed you all as like a middle of the pack team talent wise and whatnot and i said like i do believe like this team can take a step forward this year but that was based off of my assumptions of how you did the year before and honestly like hindsight's always 2020 that even i missed it right and I'm the guy that was literally writing about it. And then all of a sudden this year, you guys are going to the NCAA tournament. You're getting into the quarterfinals. You gave Carthage the business for the better part of a couple sets. And I'm sitting here being like, man, when you're telling me this now. And I can only say it, my bad for missing out on this. That's all right. PG. Like, oh, I mean, somebody's got to apologize for it. It might as well be me. It might as well. It's not going to be Connor. Connor was still doing stuff. Like, it might yeah. as well be me. <laughs> I, I was still playing, so. Mm-hmm. No, like I said, we didn't, we didn't mind flying under the radar. That's just kind of how it was. And, you know, we, if we beat SVU in five, maybe we get a little more recognition, but we lose that match. And so we just kind of stayed under the radar. And, you know, I think we took a lot of teams by surprise this year because of that. So I'm okay with it. Beating SVU with Cougar Clark in five also would have been like an exclamation point win strictly because like that team was very, I mean, SVU is good. They're going to be good next year too. Like they're going to be good next year. They were good this year. Like they were good the year before. I 
and SVU flew under my radar this year strictly just based off what pool they played in I know. in the CVC because it's like, okay, do I watch them play Randolph McCann or do I watch Keen and Rutgers Newark battle each other three <laughs> times in one week? Well, okay, yep. well, my, I'm one human being, so I can only watch so many games at so many times, right? But no, like to your credit, honestly, like you guys definitely like stepped it up last year. You definitely stepped you carried that over into this year and wow like what uh what a year for you all i just i give you i gotta give you props simple as that i gotta give you props right thank you i appreciate that yeah i also i mean kind of stay on the same topic uh, and like uh, an amazing feat for uh mason getting the national player of the year i mean how did like just him personally what do you think was his big like improvements from like his first year and like all the lessons he learned going into his second year to, you know, ending up winning this, this phenomenal award. Yeah. Uh, man, there, there's a long list of things he improved on from year one to year two. Um, I could I, list a couple of my own, in my own head, watching him from those, but go ahead. He, he just took a big step forward in a lot of different ways. I think like offensively, obviously the numbers are, are there for him, but um, what he did offensively was, was kind of twofold. One, he changed his mentality. I think he mm-hmm. was, he was much stronger mentally, um, mm-hmm. was able to shake off airs more quickly, um, and, and just played a, a stronger mental game. And that that's so big in volleyball. You guys know that. Um, yeah. but two, I think he just developed a few more tools and his shot selection was better. Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, the four to four was unreal. Oh God. Um, the, the the five six seam over top like he just hit so many really smart shots that you you know there are a lot of really good outside hitters in our game um Mm -hmm. but they don't always necessarily hit the smartest shots and Mm -hmm. i think if you look like obviously the the five and a half kills per set or whatever it was is is a stupid number Uh, yeah that's (laughs) if you look at that but then you look at the hitting percentage and you're like okay this kid's legit like Mm -hmm. he's not doing that and hitting 200 nah. he's doing that and hitting 300 like yeah. he hit 300 like, all year i mean he like he was doing this through triple like i watched right. i watched a lot of you i watched a lot of you a lot of you all play this year coach and sorry i didn't mean to cut you off here but no, like, that's okay i just want to emphasize your point right because uh and so i was watching the arcadia match and that was the one where you all i think I don't want to say you split, but you guys won the second one. We won, won in second. five, and then we won in three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won the first one in five. You won the second one in three. And I remember watching him hit. And first there was the four-to-four four shot, and he did it several times in the match. I'm like, okay, that's new. And he's a sophomore, right? So, like, that's a pretty advanced level shot for most sophomores in yeah. Uh, the division three landscape like you have some elite guys who can like hit that shot coming into college but like it does take a little a lot of practice but he was hitting it really right really uh over and over again right I, I think I even have a highlight of it on the Instagram page right now but another thing I started seeing was he was swinging deep a lot more and like one of the things that's like the biggest freshman mistake of hitters when they come in to uh division three and I find this a lot in division three specifically just because of like the nature of like competition from club to college and when you're yeah. playing at a higher level co- and like high level D- I would classify you guys as playing high level d3 ball and high level d3 ball like you cannot do the freshman swing of swing at the ball as hard as possible trying to put the ball straight down because 
there, there are some teams you can do that against. I'm not saying you can't. Some teams you will run hitting lines on, but the majority of D3 teams, you cannot do that in any way, shape, or form. You'll end up hitting like 150 for your career, for your season <laughs> if you try to just swing at the ball as hard as possible and hope that works. And I tell you that right now as the guy who openly wants and my entire coaching philosophy is on finding powerful players to just end the point immediately, right? And one of the things that stood out to me about Mason was he started learning. He had, not only did he develop his four to four shot, he also developed the deep line shots, right? Like he would, I, what, like you said, the five six seam earlier, and even just like the down the line, the high seam down the line that goes right past at, when that defender is just jamming right there on the line, expecting them to go to the ten foot line, just hoping that he can scoop it up, and he's going over their left shoulder, straight back to them. Like that's a great swing too. And I'm sitting here being like, this is like some shot variety I didn't see out of him the year before. And all of a sudden I'm sitting here being like all the things that coaches and all coaches and uh, other players in the division have been telling me, I was sitting there being like, wow, like this kid's going to have a great year if this is what I'm seeing. And then he did it, same stuff again in the Stevenson doubleheader. I'm sitting here being like, okay, well, I, what, what, what am I going to do? I, I, it's just like, I'm a guy with an Instagram page. Let's just put it, find the best one and put it on. That's fine. That's fine. But no, like to your credit, right? Like you're talking about like some, like his mentality when it came to attacking. And I just wanted to say, I also saw that throughout the year and oh, a thousand percent. It was just, it was kind of amazing, especially because he's only a sophomore, right? Like he's got two yeah. more years, like he's got two more years to develop. And honestly, just probably like, still has his eligibility too. I mean, <laughs> that's true. He gets four years Six. of eligibility. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Who knows? But Matt Nab will probably still be there. Who knows? Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'd be funny. That'd be funny. No, oh, the man. other thing about Mason too this year is that if he was struggling in one area, he didn't let it impact the other areas of his game. Yeah. And yeah, I think that huge. was a huge step forward for him. Um, I mean, you said you watched this a lot. You probably saw Mason serve into the net a million times. A million times. And yet he still went That's and fine. hit hit three hundred or hit three fifty with five kills Good. a set, right? So Good. like he passed nails all year. Like he he was mm -hmm. our best serve receiver, or mm -hmm. at least one of our best serve receivers all year mm -hmm. too. And so, um, you know, the freshman mentality. He, you know, if that's he saying a lot because your libero was really good there. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Off. No, no, saying, that's fair. Like your libero, like your your new libero this year was also very like if you missed caleb weaver you didn't miss him that much no no, no offense to caleb weaver nope, but i was sitting there being like true. okay <laughs> like all right they're good that's true <laughs> um but yeah i think like you know mason his freshman year if he wasn't hitting well then he wasn't passing well and he wasn't serving well and this year you know if the serve's not there he's still going to go back and he's going to mm -hmm. pass and he's going to hit and mm -hmm. there was even our, our max semi against Alvernia, I think he literally hit zero in the match. Like his attacking just wasn't there, but he passed and he served that match for the first time. Like he just did the other stuff. And so that, you know, just props to him for being able to, to take a big step forward mentally. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Awesome. Sorry, didn't no, you're good. Well, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Mason, great season, but now kind of going into like more of like the season, I just, I'm curious, like what are some low points you had high points of the season, just kind of like, bring it all together and stuff like that brought you to like this final destination of, uh, you know, this, uh, good NCA run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, man, low points, I would say, you know, our first match of the year, we lost our right side and. Mm -hmm. Oh, Luke. 
yeah, Luke is, you know, he's the only size we had. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I was going to say he's six, seven, six, right? seven, six and, seven. And we're six, two in the middle or six, three, six, two in the middle, something like that. And so, uh, <laughs> so he's, you know, he was our size and we lost that right away, which was really tough. And so we had to figure mm-hmm. out what we wanted to do there. We went through a couple of different guys, mm-hmm. you know, hitting on the right side. Um, and so especially we had to, in the, especially in the Mac. Cause like yeah. Stevenson, like Stevenson's big, like Steve and like, like Stevenson, I'm trying to think what's their middle, like their middles are in the six, 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 eight range. They're, uh, they're probably six, five all right. and six, size, four or something like that. But I mean, Alvernia is huge. Oh, Alvernia is huge. Ar- yeah. Arcadia is traditionally pretty big. They were a little mm-hmm. smaller this year, but um, yeah, but we just didn't, didn't have that size and we, you know, we had to figure out what we wanted to do on the right and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And that, that took some adjustments, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went down to Stevenson and got smacked again down there. We <laughs> have never won at their place. Um, tough gym. It's, it is a tough it's gym. It's a tough gym to play in. It really is. Like, I mean, I, I, I will say it is a tough gym to play in. I know. Well, we're going to try to try to get that corrected for next year, but yes, more power to you. But like, uh, I'm not a fan of the Stevens gym. I don't like that. Stevens. Yeah. I don't like that person. Well, we I'll did do okay Paul's, there. We don't so. do well. Yeah. <laughs> we never did well there. So, uh, that, I mean, that I will give you. I even that, and that goes back to my years, Connor. New Paul's never always had trouble in that. Never, gym. never did good in that gym. <laughs> I think Love you, there's, Stevens. there's a gym for every team that's just tough to win in, and oh. that for us is Stevenson for sure. So. Um, yeah, so there were some learning points throughout the year. I, you know, we lost Alvernia towards the end of our season when that's probably a match that most teams had us winning. And so I was going to uh, say that was a because that was like their highlight of their season, right? Like that yeah. was their big win moment. I think it actually, I'm trying to think, I want to say that kind of helped them secure their playoffs. Uh, it did. Yeah. Right? So uh, I think that was the same night that Misericordia lost to Widener in five. And so, oh, yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird night of results for the Mac. Huge flip in the, that five seed. So, and then, you know, Alverney obviously went on and beat Arcadia in that five, four game. So that was a crazy game too. That was a crazy, crazy game. Crazy too. game. Oh, um, so yeah, there, there's obviously some low points, but then, you know, a reverse sweep in a conference championship, I would say it has yeah. to be a high point. That, that was a, Talking about crazy games. Yeah. Oh man, I I remember watching. I remember so I had like four coaches texting me at that time because I was watching. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, coach. No, nope, that's all right. But because championship, that was the championship weekend where there was like every game was on Friday night, and then the New Paltz game, the New Paltz Vassar game was literally the day was literally the Sunday after that Friday Saturday period. I want to say it was Saturday. Night. I don't remember. Yeah, that. we played Saturday. Yeah. Okay, so it was that Saturday, and then the New Pulse Master game was Sunday, but that's inconsequential because I had like four. I literally had in my uh, condo four screens with games <laughs> on, watching all of them, and I not a single one of them had your game on yet because I was going to put that at the back back of my queue, and then all of a sudden I had like three coaches send me messages being like, "You need to turn this game on right now." So I put it on my big screen. I'm sitting here being like, "Oh wow." Okay, they're gonna reverse sweep. All right, like let's go. Okay, okay, okay. And then I remember, and this is actually the highlight. Uh, and I don't want to say it was like the turning point where I believe like the match was over because it was a really early point in set five, but it was a double block in a big rally where uh, I'm trying to think. Nate Bowman closed with Nab, 
and stopped Logan Smiley to make it like 2-0 in set five. And I was sitting there being like, oh, that's it. I literally watched that point and I was like, I think that's it. And then obviously you all went on to win the game, but uh, crazy game, crazy game. Yeah. No, so that, yeah, that, that was pretty wild. Um, a ton of fun to be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And it just allowed us to get to the NCAA tournament, which was huge for us. I think like we said all along, um, we, we were still young this year. And so mm-hmm. getting the experience for those younger guys to get down to the tournament and see, mm-hmm. see what it's like and see if we can, mm-hmm. you know, compete in that first round and, and then to win she that did. match was, was pretty awesome. Also, I'd say that's up there as well in, in our high points. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so that was just an awesome experience. And then, you know, we, we gave Carthage what we had, they were really good this year. So they were very good. They were a very good Carthage team. Very good we, Carthage team. I, and the, what's tough is, you know, we had a, a pretty big lead in the first and mm-hmm. then ended up losing, I think it was 25-22. And they mm-hmm. had two serves that dribbled off the tape and landed on our side in that first set. And it's like, you know, if those go our way and it's, you know, we're up 24-23, what's the match like at that point? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's volleyball for you. But mm-hmm. again, like just an awesome experience to be able to be down there at all. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, it was just such a fun group to be with all year. Mm-hmm. And my assistant coaches were awesome this year. And we just, we just had a lot of fun all year. Happy to hear that coach. Happy to hear. Um, oh, sorry, Karen. No. I was just going to say, I mean, high points, the NCAA tournament. I kind of wanted to jump into that. It was, from my not your first NCAA tournament with the team, right? Yeah. So how was that? What are some takeaways from that? I mean, it looked, it looked awesome there. I mean, it looked like the NCAA did a really good job, like with the courts and stuff. And I'm sure they did awesome with COVID and stuff. So I'm curious. Let's hear, like, let's get the inside scoop from someone that was actually there. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they put on a great event. It was it was a lot of fun to be a part of it. It was cool to kind of be in the bubble, you know, where everyone's (laughs) there and at the same place and and competing together. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the COVID protocols were what they were, but for Mm -hmm. us, um, we didn't have fans at any of our matches this year. It was just a Mac policy. So Mm -hmm. to be able to have fans at the tournament, you know, almost all of our parents drove down to Virginia that game. That's awesome. Uh, We had, we had, you know, 50 fans there, which was really cool since we didn't have Mm -hmm. any all year. Um, and to have the success that we had this year without any fans was just kind of a bummer to, to not be able to celebrate with them. Um, but then to have them all there, you know, after we beat Font Bomb, we walked outside and all of our parents are there cheering for us and that kind of thing, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and so that was just, it was a really good experience. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the NCA did a really good job um, with, you know, managing COVID and all that that mm-hmm. had to be, um, but also just putting on a really quality event. Um, and I thought the competition was awesome. There were a lot of, a lot of good matches. Um, you know, it, in some ways it feels good to lose to Carthage and then have them go and win it all. Uh, so, you know, we lost to the best and that's all there is to it. So, so, uh, and I'll talk about, I'll talk about Carthage in a minute here, or at least that match, but obviously like to get to Carthage, you had, you had to get to Fompon, right? So, uh, you had to beat Fompon, right? And so, uh, I talk a lot about like the Midwest. I talk a lot about the Midwest uh, East East Coast battles that have essentially dictated a lot of the narratives over the last two or three years. Because obviously, uh, East Coast volleyball was the driving force of D three VB. Now all of a sudden, uh, the Midwest programs are starting to expand a lot faster than the D three than the East Coast programs are. Uh, and then on top, and now we have obviously like a Midwest champion and everything, but. Fontbonne, 
as a program. Um, obviously, like people can say what they will about Fompon for playing in the MCVL, yada yada. I don't particularly care about those narratives because when I was watching Fompon this year, I knew Ryan Lively was good. Uh, they had uh, so Van Ross and O'Connell is good. Brandon Wolseley is good. Uh, Cameron Graves probably jumps higher than the majority of human beings on the planet right now. And so you had to scout this team, right? So like, talk to me about how you prepared for that or like, what were some things that you wanted to like get your team ready for? Yeah. So uh, obviously lively is a, an animal. And so we mm -hmm. knew what a little bit of what to expect from him. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like, and, and I don't want to, you know, talk negative about the MCVL or anything, but that's yeah. the film we had and that, yeah. you know, th their blocking preparation might've looked a little bit different than what we wanted to do. And so it was, yeah. it was kind of tough to scout that um, and mm -hmm. see what they would do against us. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, lively was lively and we knew that was going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, Woolsey's is as good as they come in the middle too. Uh, what we didn't expect was for, Cameron Graves, Cameron Graves to, to go off. He was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, That's that kid fun. was like, unbelievable mm -hmm. in that. And you know, if I'm Fompon, I'm sitting here like, how did we not win that match? Like, mm -hmm. to hit 400 in the, in the first round Both of teams. the NCAA tournament and lose is like that's brutal. That there shouldn't have been a loser in that match because I thought it was just played at such a high level. Oh, I I, that that was one of my, it was easily my favorite opening round match. Obviously, obviously it went to five, so that's always yeah. that has it. But I'm a particular fan of offensively dominant games where both teams cannot, where one team just cannot be stopped. Like I like seeing that type of play. Uh, obviously, like a lot of people prefer the rally, the rally aspect and the transition phase of volleyball because it's a little bit more exciting. I like seeing teams assert their will at the net and just being unstoppable. And so, like yeah. both of you did that. Uh, I want to say Cameron, I believe Cameron Gray, and don't hold me to this. I'll go back and check this for when, before I post this live, obviously. But I want to say that Cameron Graves was hitting like 800 going into set three. I that, think it was very close. Not be wrong. <laughs> I, I, 800, god damn. But, and, and it wasn't like a two kills for three attempts, 800. It was like... I think it was like very close to eight for 10 or something like that. And it was just, uh, it was, a, but, and it wasn't like he was the only one because Mason was having a day Bowman with Bowman. My God, like literally my gosh, Bowman, what he went 23 for X on like 30 something swings. Nate was awesome all year for us. Um, but I think in our, in the later stages of our season, we relied a little bit more on Ian on the left side. And so um, Fompon came into that match just really committing to our outsides. Obviously, they, they, you have to commit to Mason. Um, but they committed to Ian more than we were expecting, um, which just opened it up for Nate a little bit. Um, he was 13 for 13 in the third set, which is something – I've never, never seen so, I've never, I've never even heard of that. Out of the middle. Here. How is that possible? How is I, that possible? <laughs> I don't know. And wow. if we could <laughs> reciprocate it, I would, because that was, it was, it was wild. So, yeah. so yeah, Nate, I think really opened it up for us because we were able to run a ton out of the middle and that, yeah. that was, that was good. And then again, we, in the fifth, I think we just got back to being us a little bit more applied, a little more service pressure, mm -hmm. started digging a ball or two. And that just changes the game so much. If you can make a play or two on defense and that's, 
that's kind of been our identity all along is, is just be scrappy on defense. And we did that really well in the fifth set there. So it definitely, was, it definitely showed. And especially like the service, and as I mentioned earlier in the, uh, earlier in our recording, obviously, like the service pressure was what stood out to me the most as like the biggest deciding factor, right? Because yeah. uh, I think I want to say like, I mean, Fompon was having some in the sets that Fompon struggled with in that match. It was mostly just like they weren't able to develop serving runs to get you guys out of system, and yep. you guys were mostly in system more than they were in system, and that's all service pressure, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, you got Ian Perzizic going back for like three three serves in a row. You got. Nate Bowman going back for a couple of serves in a row. You got Matt Nab, who has one of the best jump serves in the country. I would put Matt Nab's serve up there with Matt with uh, Matt Slavinsky. Like I think they both got cannons. Put him up there yep. with Ian Cap too. And now all of a sudden it's just like your serves are going in and they're out of system. They yeah. can't. And I think they actually missed a bunch of serves in set five that actually kind of doomed them. Now I'll have to go back and watch it because I'm thinking from no, the you're right. Here, but, you're right. But, I mean, both. I, I'd say for the majority of that match. The, the match was played in system. Both teams yeah. passed really well. Mm -hmm. um, there were just a few stretches in the sets we were able to win that we were able to get them out of system a little bit, and that was the difference. Because yeah. um, if, if they were in system, it, we just weren't stopping them, if we're being honest. Like, <laughs> they're good in the middle. They're good on both pins. Mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to pick your poison. And mm -hmm. for us, it was like, let's, let's try to go – maybe one-on-one -on, -one on the pin and it just wasn't working because they were just exploiting that so uh, I mean they they played a great match like I said they have nothing to hang their heads over because they hit 400 and oh just... absolutely not like honestly I think they honestly like I think that Pompon team showed a lot or they they opened a lot of eyes in my yeah. opinion yeah because uh, like I mean I can't say that everyone is watching Midwest volleyball as much as I watch it. Right. Because like right. my entire, my entire thing is I watch everyone. Uh, but there are people that did not know who Ryan Lively was coming into this year. Right. They did not know who he was until the NCAA tournament. There yep. were people who had never seen Matt Slavinsky play a game. No offense, Connor, <laughs> but there were uh, literally people that just did not know that Bonbon could actively play at that level. And and I'm not saying, and it's a sad thing, honestly, but the thing that I'm happy about is that they came and they showed up, right? And they yeah. showed up and they gave it to you guys. And honestly, like they, their effort, like, I mean, that wins nine out of 10 matches. Like literally that stat line will win nine out of 10 matches. And this yep. was just one where, wow, like, you know what? We played our, we played our hearts out and the, oh, another team beat us. We come back and we get after it again, because you know what? Fompon's got everyone coming back next year. Wolsey's yep. coming back. Uh, Van Ross and O'Connell is coming back. Cameron Graves is there. Uh, Ryan Lively will be in this star-studded class of junior outside hitters that we now have in all of D3 volleyball, which we'll have to talk about at some point. Yeah. And honestly, just like, you know, I mean, they'll be back. They'll be back in the tournament again, and everyone's going to have to take notice because I guarantee Fompon could have beat a bunch of the teams that were in the tournament this year and been in the next round very easily, very easily. I agree. My opinion, right? Uh, so... Uh, I guess now after the football match, you got Carthage. Did you, did you do some pre-scout? I imagine you did some pre-scouting of Carthage because the plan is always like keep the team in front of you and then get to the next team in your bracket. So like, what was kind of like, what did you want to do going into this Carthage match? And like, did you do anything effectively? Were there some things that you had in your game plan that didn't pan out as well? I kind of want to get your feedback on that. Yeah, so um, we had scouted them a decent amount and we knew if they were in system, we were going to struggle. Um, they're 
a, a lot bigger than we are. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, every, every team at the tournament was bigger than we are, I'm pretty, pretty sure. uh, but they were a lot bigger than we are. So um, we, I you know, say like Bryce Thomas, Parker Connolly, like six, 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 seven, uh, I think. Bultice is a tank. That, that guy's huge too. Like yeah. both, Matt Slavinsky is not that small either. Like he's six no. three, but he looks like he's six five when you're in right. person next to him. And like, wow, like okay, okay. So, so we knew if they were in system, we were going to struggle. So we, mm-hmm. our game plan was just serve really tough and, mm-hmm. and try to get them out of system and see if we can get some stops that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, you know, Jared Cool was one of our best servers all year, just a float server. And we had him top spin in that match because we knew we just had to add a little more pressure. Um, and he did it pretty effectively. Um, I thought, you know, we told our jump top spin guys, like they just have to go after it. And so. Yeah. Um, get after it. That's right. And so we did that. And again, like early on, we had a lot of success with that. I thought we got him out of system pretty early um and then towards the later stage of that first set we started missing some serves and then we we maybe were a little bit more tentative and then um that you know when they were in system they were as good as they they can be and so and, and they have three really good serve receivers too yep. that mm-hmm. libero is unbelievable probably Kyle cohen is very good kyle cohen he's, is very good i i talked to jw after the match and said like that he's so underrated that kid is yeah an unbelievable mm-hmm. serve receiver. I would like to, I would like it to be known that he was in my list of top five liberos going into this year. <laughs> I did not underrate this one. I am very okay. proud of this. I've so, missed on- so you got it right, but a lot of other people don't oh. know how good that kid is because he yeah. was so, so talented. He's, he was, he is a very good. Liber. He's a, he's a very, and honestly, like his celebration, his point celebrations are on point. I'm about yeah. it. I'll give it, I'll give that kid. I'll give that. I'll give it to the kid. He's very good. Yeah, he's awesome. Great and then, you know, they had a DS come in and pass who was right, you know, just as good. And both their outsides could handle the ball. And so we just knew we'd have to, we'd have to get after him. And so, um, yeah, like I said, I thought we did that pretty well early and then just kind of let off the gas a little bit. But, you know, I even I think it was maybe in the second set, you know, Nate Bowman scored as many points for us all year as anybody else from the service line, just because he placed the ball so well with the float serve, but it just wasn't scoring any points against that team. So we subbed in Zach Barbader to try to hit a jump serve and see what mm-hmm. he could do. Um, and he got him out of system a little bit and mm-hmm. we ended up like not making a couple plays on balls that he, we should have, but mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, but yeah, yeah the, I, I think like coming into the match, the mentality was we have to serve as, as hard as we have all year and as well as we have. And then we have to side out at a really high rate. We had to be in system too. Um, and, you know, a little bit of not signing out as, as well as we had in, in a couple matches previously and a little bit of the serving not being quite as, as good as we needed it to be. And, that's and, and it's tough against that Carthage team, team right? Because like a Carthage team was very good, ser- very good serving yeah. team. Yeah. Like you're trying to bring heat and this team is always going to bring heat. Like they, they obviously have a couple of uh, float servers here and there, but it's just like, they have like Slavinsky's got a cannon. Uh, Carter Schmidt's got a cannon and it's just like, and G McNulty's float server is actually particularly good, but yeah. they're just going to give you the same type of pressure that you're getting them there at, that you're trying to give to them. And it just becomes like a first ball side out game or, and if it's not that who's going to be better in the transition phase of the game, yeah. it's just like, 
That's and tough. we we did it so well through 30 points. I think we were <laughs> I, I think we were up 17-12 or something like that. And then, I wanted to say it was 19-13, but 17-12 it sounds more accurate. I, I well, think it was five points. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like we stopped first ball siding out. We got stuck in row one where we couldn't side out on the right. And like, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you look back and there's, you know, what could, what could we have done differently? It's tough to say because they were so, so good in that match. So it's, it really is tough, right? And obviously it's not to take anything away from your team because uh, I do want to say like in my own personal opinion, my own personal opinion, I'm not like the narrative of all D3 things, but in my mind, like uh, obviously I think you guys were easily the breakout program of the year for X, Y, and Z reasons because you flew up in your own words, you flew under the radar last year. And I will admit you flew, you definitely flew under my radar last year. And I was the guy prepping to do this whole thing this year, right? Like my job was to be aware of how good you were supposed to be this year. And I wasn't until I saw a couple of your games. And so my apologies, tell your team, I'm sorry. (laughs) And uh, just, you can't be upset with, I don't think any, or at least I'm sure your team's not upset, right? Like everyone always wants to like, win until you're the last at the, or you're the final person at the top of the mountain. Right. But I don't think your team should ever be upset with how this season ended because in my personal opinion, like uh, true greatness comes from loss. And like, you learn how much more you have to go from losing. Like um, this is a new Paul story here and uh, Connor can actually, can actually probably learn this one because this is before your time, actually uh, the best loss in my opinion that new Paul's ever was in the 2013 UVC semifinals. Uh, it was the first year after New Paltz took their gigantic step. Like the New Paltz literally took its gigantic step in 2013. It's when they had a monster class of recruits come in. Uh, new senior leadership had really taken over that locker room and they had instilled it like a culture had finally been established to say we're here to win like big things. Mm-hmm. And so they had a great year. They had a great season. And then they get to the UVC championships. They win their first round and then they're playing against Stevens and it's a five set match. So this match ended in five, but they were up 24 to 20 in set four and just looking to close out. They get a free ball back. And all of a sudden, the captain outside of the team, his name is Brian Smith, great guy. And he, uh, me and him, me and him go way back. Uh, he hits this two. He, they set him. They run a stack in the middle, and the middle jumps. So this net wide open net, and Brian Smith just mishits this to ball out of bounds. So it's now 24-21. Stevens goes back to the line. And this, I don't remember what person was serving, but they served five jump serves in a row because they had nothing to lose and they ended up winning that game. And so all because they missed this open net two ball, right? And so they looked at that, that team, that entire locker room looked at that and said, wow, like that's how our season ended. And we had so much more left to prove. All of a sudden that loss, whole team came back next year, right? And then 2014 was easily like that was the first time new Paltz was ever rated number one in the country they it was the first time they ever beat springfield and juniata in the same year and in the same weekend literally the same weekend and then they also beat riviere who was also one of the top uh, three teams in the country at the time to lay claim as the best team in the country and it was all because of this loss that they had in the uvc championships which effectively knocked them out of 
the NCAA tournament because what happened was Stevens won that match, but then went and lost to Naz in the UBC final. And then the last at large bid came down between New Paltz and Stevens Tech. And because Stevens had the won against them in the UBC semifinals, they got the at large bid. And so they looked at that and like, that was probably the most defining loss of the New Paltz era from 2013 to 2016. And it led to a lot of great things. It led to a lot of culture, a lot of a locker room culture stuff that still happens to this day. Connor's a little too young to know where those roots are, but I'll tell I'll, but you and I can touch base on that later, Connor. But <laughs> this old man rambling coming back to the point, right? Like I do think that like this team's loss was in the NCAA quarterfinals. I think that's a great loss to have. And honestly, tell your team, like, or they'll probably hear this, obviously, if they listen. But that's like, all. Hats off to them, and honestly, like, use that, use that yeah. loss, let that motivate you, right? Because they're not done yet. They're not right. done. Yet. Like, they're not. And where do you go? And so, sorry, Connor, my bad. I'm going into what you're uh, giving it. You don't need to apologize. But yeah, I mean, Ramey is giving us a great story, but great season. You know, no reason to hang your head about like where you guys lost. I mean, Carthage is a great team, but where do you guys go? I mean, you have this experience. I mean. Uh, you, you know, Mason and all these guys like have this leadership role now and like recruiting class. I mean, what's what's going on with you guys next year? That's curious. I'm I'm really pumped with where we're at. Um, so I would we're, imagine. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> returning a bunch. So um, it looks like Ian and Marshall will be the only two that are leaving next year. Um, we're bringing in seven freshmen, which is our biggest Whoa. class ever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of Ryan Givens. He's a monster middle. I have um, heard of Ryan Givens. Yes, I've, yeah. I've heard of many of the kids on this Yorktown 18 ones team. Yeah, so you literally got... just you literally just took the entire team, right? Like, because that's what <laughs> that I'm was looking. the goal. <laughs> I, I literally just like I was. I'm doing my my recruit lists and my I'm researching all the incoming classes, coach. And I'm looking at your recruit list, and I'm just like, this is literally the entire Yorktown 18. Did you just go to practice and just have a sign-up sheet? Is that just what happened? Like, if you would like to come to Messiah, just put your – like, I just I, – sorry, I'm rambling. Well, but no, no so, so how it happened, honestly, yeah. is we got Givens in pretty early. So yeah. um, Owen, who was our freshman libero this year, and, and Givens go to the same – or went to the same high school. So they, they were really close. Um, so they came to camp – three years ago now and so we were on Givens really early um we saw him when he was only a sophomore and nobody else had seen him he didn't this was his first year playing Yorktown wow. um, he had only played for like that that high school AAU team and so a lot of the bigger coaches just didn't see him and so we were on him early we got a, a pretty early commit out of him and then he just started recruiting for us basically that's um, how it happens so, no, yeah, that's how so, it happens so we got four guys <laughs> four guys from yes. the top team and and we're really pumped about that group. And, and you know, they're going to fill some holes right away, I think. And, and we're excited yeah. about that. So. Well, I, you, awesome. you're definitely not flying under my radar next year, Coach <laughs> Uh Do tell your team I said hey um, and that I wish them the best of luck. And honestly, like, always reach out. I'm always here. Connor's always here. We're always happy to chit-chat. Always happy to talk. That. Thanks, I'm part guys. of the Frog Jump family, and this was – a great conversation and I hope you have fun coach and I'm sure we'll be chatting soon and best yeah. of luck next season. We'll be watching for sure. I appreciate it. It was a blast. Thanks for having me on. We'll no do problem, it sometime.
Yes. Get after it. See you later. Right. Take care. Take care, See coach. You guys. Bye.